start small because in a four foot by eight foot space with six to eight hours of sun or more, you can grow a whole lot of vegetables um, and really enjoy, you know, gardening. That was Gary, the rustic gardener, who joins us on the podcast today. He joins us all the way from Maryland in the USA. Um, and we had a fantastic chat about all things gardening. Uh, we go over his inspirations. And funnily enough, it was his granddad who inspired him a massive amount to get into gardening. And as many of you know, it was my granddad, uh, along with my, my nan, who founded our nursery. Um, so really, really similar to, to my story, which is, is quite interesting. Now, I join you from the nursery. Um, and this time of year... Uh, the wind is blowing a lot at the moment. I don't know whether you can hear that in the background. This time of year, we're really enjoying the fruits of our labour, especially when it comes to to edible crops, herbs, um, as well as things like chilies. Now, I'm standing in the chili house now, and we've got a huge amount of fruit. And we've also got an interesting experiment going on down the bottom of the greenhouse I can see from here we've got these massive nets and we're actually going to be hatching flies in there to help cross-pollinate to see whether we can produce some new and different interesting varieties of chilies um, now if you pop over to our youtube channel you'll be able to see that that video on there and it's well worth checking out it's something i'm quite excited about to see what happens got no idea whether it's going to work um, which i think i i mentioned on the video as well um, but i like to experiment like to do something new and of course if it fails we're going to learn from it and maybe try something slightly different see where we can get it right um but yeah excited to see what's going to happen and i mentioned on the video as well it could be a good seven years before we see anything from it really um but yeah go and check out that video and we're going to be updated it as time goes on so without further ado let's start the podcast hi you're listening to plants and me the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Welcome to the podcast, Gary. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much. And you mentioned good morning there. It's afternoon here. Whereabouts are you? I'm in Maryland, so it's just below New York, and it's actually about 10 a.m. here. Right. Okay. Um, so you, are you the sort of gardener that gets up early? Yeah. So I work full time, actually. I'm a mental health therapist, you know, four days a week. I just cut my hours back so I can garden full time. But Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I love getting up at 6am and uh, really work until dark and enjoy that. Brilliant. And tell us a little bit about what you do. So garden wise? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so essentially gardening has been a hobby of mine since, oh, I don't know, since I was in second or third grade, my grandfather taught me. So he kind of gave me the bug. Over the last six or eight years, I've been really uh, teaching people to garden through YouTube um, and just doing lots of videos that way. Very short focused videos to teach people how to have better gardens and kind of enjoy life, enjoy their garden. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to transform. I just moved from my old home that I was for 15 years to a two acre farm. I'm trying to make this a two acre edible landscape of oh. fruit trees, strawberries, raspberries. I have a big garden that I just dropped in about three or four months ago. So most of my time is really focused on the vegetable gardening and I'm going to start learning about fruit trees, um, canes, grapes, all kinds of stuff like that. Excellent. And the YouTube channel, has that got a name? 
Yeah, um, you can find it under the rusted garden. A lot of people think I say rustic, but it's rusted, like my tools got rusted because I leave tools out all over the place and they just <laughs> rust away. So it's the, yeah, the rusted garden. And is that where the name came from? That's where it came from, yeah. When I was, well, when I started this, I think I maybe started this in 2011, but really got going, I think, 2013 or so. But when I was coming up with the name, I just looked around and, you know, saw all my rusted shears and clippers and decided to go with that. Hmm. And you mentioned that you you teach people um, over YouTube. Were you attracted uh, to the gardening because of the teaching side or was that a, a byproduct of you really wanting to garden more? It was to garden more. YouTube and the blog and Instagram, all that came afterwards. When, um, like I was saying, when I was younger, my grandfather would come over and I still remember it vividly as if it, you know, it was just yesterday. Um, and he would bring a Maxwell House coffee can. That's a, I don't know if you have that coffee brand in your we part do, of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he would bring a blue can. It was filled with lime, which he called sweetener, um, a paper bag full of tomatoes. And he would come in, dig a hole, show me how to do it. And, you know, about that age, I got started. And when I did, um, Second grade, third grade, I'm not sure. We have science projects and I did a science project on just seeds, which I thought was amazing that I can take literally a handful of seeds and grow hundreds of pounds of food. And that's what's attracted to me to gardening and it stuck with me all those, well, for the last probably 40 years. Hmm. And we were mentioning uh, before we hit record, we were mentioning the weather out there. It's it's certainly compared to the UK. It's you're in quite a, a warm environment. So when you start seeds out there, is it in a greenhouse or is it straight outside? I do both, but I start so January, February, March is too cold for us um, to put anything outside because of the frost. So I start stuff indoors under grow lights, um, perennial flowers things that grow slower, your cool weather crops. And I grow them indoors. I got a room, um, just a couple of shop lights from Home Depot in our area. And then I transition them outdoors. As I start transitioning them outdoors, the frost has still comes, but we get maybe 32 degrees is our frost temperature. So we get like 25 degree, 32 degree nights sometimes. So I'll also start planting outside for the ones that can take some of the frost. Um, and I just get started really early. Um, this way I can do it year round because we can garden really here from maybe late March, middle of April, all the way through really the end of October, especially with the change in the weather over the years. Mm. Yeah, and that's something else we we mentioned um, a little bit earlier about. Certainly, we we as a nursery have noticed uh, a difference in in temperatures and a difference in our weather. You were saying you've you've noticed it as well. Yeah, we're getting earlier, and well, actually, the best example is it's not it's not unusual for us to get hundred hundred five degree days, but not for you know seven days, eight days, nine days. So we're getting longer periods of high temperatures, but our nighttime temperatures um, are breaking records. It's like, uh, I think last week it, we broke our nighttime temperatures for, you know, the whole time that America has been here, it was 80 degrees. And that's just unusual, which causes a problem for, you know, fruit setting for your tomatoes and, and other things like that. Um, and that's just unusual. And if that continues, can you see, uh, maybe you're going to have to change the way you garden or maybe will it be a change of crops? 
I think we're always going to get that freeze. I mean, actually, I hope it doesn't change. I don't want to be, you know, growing citrus. Like we can't grow oranges and lemons and stuff because it gets too cold. I, I hope not, to be honest with you. What it is changing is I got to throw out um, shade cloth over my tomato plants. Um, that will help bring the temperatures beneath the shade cloth down 10, 15 degrees, just like if you use an umbrella at the beach or something like that. That I have to do more often. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Hmm. Excellent. And you, you obviously mentioned that you're, you're teaching people using, using YouTube videos and things like that. Is that, uh, that's mainly vegetable, uh, growing and things like that? Yeah, it's mainly vegetable growing, but it's also construction of the whole garden. So it's, it's planting, seed starting, harvesting, tending all that, um, disease management, pest management. Uh, I even am starting to do different ways to cook and, you know, use all of your uh, harvests that you get and stuff like that. Um, building raised beds, um, teaching about the different fertilizers. Uh, one thing, I mean, I think organic gardening is great. I always say I'm 95% organic, but I'm not afraid to use the other products as long as you use them wisely and sensibly and, and in a strategic way. So I like teaching people about all the different products out there because some people um, you know, think certain things are 100% poison and if they're not 100% organic, then they can't have a garden. And I just want people to enjoy it, have a good time and grow their own food. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the UK, uh, something I've noticed, I'm, I'm 38 um, and certainly my generation and certainly uh, people of sort of their early 20s and things like that aren't getting into gardening as much as, as generations before. Is that the same in the US? I think that it is, and I can look at my demographics and they're like 40 plus, you know, and people are enjoying it. I do, on the flip side, I'm getting really enthusiastic younger kids, 18, 19, 20, 21, getting started. Hopefully it's growing, a growing demographic. There's a big push in here in the, in the States to um, have healthier, you know, homegrown food and produce. Um, homesteading is is a kind of a big deal and i'm actually working on trying to create what the modern homestead is so that you don't have to think you need to move out to where there's nobody go off grid or anything like that but you can kind of make your mark and, and do some modern homes homesteading and and grow what you can grow and you know harvest what you can harvest mm, excellent and for the people that that come along to it maybe those 18 19 year olds obviously it doesn't have to be you can be uh, a lot a lot older a lot younger where where do you think is the best place for them to start best place to start i think is to find a sunny place either where they're at friend family you know share something if they don't have land share some land with somebody who has it you can start with smaller containers you can grow herbs oregano chives thyme basil cilantro and then you can sort of flavor and enhance your dishes that you buy that you cook or and you get vegetables elsewhere move into larger containers and then really start with like a four foot by eight foot sort of raised bed um, you can frame it whatever but start small because in a four foot by eight foot space with six to eight hours of sun or more you can grow a whole lot of vegetables um, and really enjoy, you know, gardening. Yeah, excellent. And uh, obviously, what your early memories uh, of gardening are from your granddad. Um, but when you you sort of set out on your own, if you like, um, where did you start? Was it with that little plot? So I, it 
it was at home. And then I had to, you know, grew up, uh, well, I didn't grow up, I'm still growing. <laughs> I'm 52, <laughs> hopefully I keep going. But at uh, third grade, continued to doing that to like, you know, eighth grade here, got into school, kind of faded away, went to college. And then I started picking it back up in my later 20s where I could. And when we moved to our home at about age 30, I had a point two acres and just started full time. I started with containers. I started dropping beds and I turned that whole space into like probably 12 or 14, four, by four, four foot by eight foot raised beds. And another thing is if you can't get to a, a garden, I don't know, I think you guys have it there. We, we get community plots or community gardens. So you can get them pretty inexpensively here for like 40 bucks a year actually and get like a 20 by a 30 foot plot. And you can yeah. start gardening that way. And they're called, uh, uh, they're known as allotments in this country, and they stem from um, uh, maybe even earlier, but certainly the heyday was in uh, Second World War when people were, were growing their own stuff. And, and actually what's really, really nice is the majority of them have big waiting lists for them at the moment. Yeah, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah, I had actually wait two years to get mine. Um, right. You know, so I know people are into it and it just, it, even though the, what we were saying, you know, maybe the lower, um, aged people, maybe not in it as much. I think that it's growing, you know, I get to talk with people globally, obviously. Um, but the excitement is there. It doesn't matter what country you're in. We're all asking the same questions. What's this insect? What is this spot? How do you feed it? Is this too much? It's a common language or a common hobby that I really think binds people across the globe together yeah definitely i think it's um it's it's when i say this out loud it sounds a little bit pretentious but it's part of being human growing things i think i agree i, agree. I think you know um that is you get the benefit of exercise and activity and seeing stuff grow but then you get the satisfaction i think of getting in touch with it at a deeper level it's just peace of mind really hmm. you know it's comforting and obviously for a very long time you've enjoyed growing so what made you point a camera at yourself and do a bit of growing so when i was in high school it was i don't know 1980 and that was just at the time when computers started and they were coming into the classroom so i got interested in technology like what does this computer do how do you connect with people so that's always been an interest too in and what I do. And 2011, I just picked up a camera. I heard about YouTube and thought, okay, I'll shoot a garden video. And it was very bizarre and odd and short. Um, and you know, very clunky with what I was saying. And after I did that first video, I was like, all right, you got to relax. What do you want to do? And really liked creating the video. People would come and, and comment. Um, and then I just slowly ramped it up over two years full time. I, I, so to answer your question, I just picked up the camera and what I wanted to do was just get people into gardening. So I don't have a lot of fluff and lots of stories and all that. I just say, welcome to the rusted garden. Today, we're going to prune a tomato plant. I'm going to show you how to identify suckers and remove them. And I just go right to that, you know, just teach so that people can get back out into their garden. Excellent. And um, would you remember what the first video was? So the first video trying to think back, I think it was growing tomatoes in containers and that one wasn't bad it was the second one that was odd and i was like you know 
Um, I'm back from vacation now. It's time to tend the garden. I'm like, who says that? <laughs> That's not <laughs> what, what are you saying that for? So that, you know, second video um, really got me focused on kind of the style I used. But that first video, people were really interested in it. And, you know, for years I had, uh, you know, a couple of subscribers and then, you know, finally got to a thousand and now I have a pretty big number, but it just caught on over time. And I just really enjoy it. And I answer when people comment on the videos, I answer probably 95% of all the comments um, because I just like staying connected with people and, you know, helping them out. Yeah. And how do you... How do you find that balance? Um, because obviously, uh, certainly in the UK, it can be quite hard. If you're passionate about gardening, it actually can be quite hard to get involved in it as a, as a profession. But the YouTube, the podcasts, uh, blogging and things like that have been a way that people can get into it. But often when I interview people, they then find themselves feeling much more like IT people than gardeners. How do you get that balance? So the balance in... It is a passion going all the way back to, you know, I was taught by my grandfather. So that is a big part of it. I also like the technology, but I, I've set it up so that I can produce the videos. I also do point of view, like, so I don't need to, you know, worry about <laughs> what my hair looks like, what shirt <laughs> I'm wearing or anything like that. So that makes a huge difference. You know, sometimes I'm on camera, but I can just set it up, focus on the activity in the garden and you know go through and get the video done um and i've learned how to i produce them myself and edit them myself i can do that pretty quickly um but it was becoming overwhelming with the size of the garden and the needs of the garden and working full-time as a mental health therapist you know monday through friday eight to four mm. and that sort of kind of took the energy out of things so i'm i'd like to say i'm partially retired i work 32 hours a week now full-time and then I got the garden for three full days. So that, the balance works out pretty well. The other thing too is, is actually now that you, um, that we're doing this, I usually have tons of energy January to about July 15th. And then I do get a little burned out. <laughs> so I, I kind of take a break till middle of August and then I kind of gear back up again. Yeah. Interesting. And it's, um, I find it quite interesting that there's definitely similarities to, uh, towards the profession you had and actually sharing your, your passion and trying to help people in gardening. Obviously, actually helping people is, is, is built in in you. It's a very nice blend. Like in therapy, you, sometimes there's a lot of, uh, you know, catchphrases and words and soup du jour and everything's called like mindfulness or, you know, ground yourself or all that kind of stuff. And all it really means is really focus on the moment. So when you're in a garden, you can focus on the smells, the colors, the sounds, the insects, the vegetables, and you're just not thinking about everything that worries you in life. You know, it, it's not like you, you forget it, you know, you've got to go deal with life, but it's really important to just have that break where you can wander around and, and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the seasons uh, where you are are very slightly different to the UK. So what sort of crops are you cropping at the moment? Right now I'm looking out the window. I have all warm weather crops. So the peppers are going crazy right now. Tomatoes, green beans are up, more beans are coming. I do grow uh, kale because that's a really kind of a four season crop. It flavor changes a little bit when it's hot, but you can grow kale. I have 
uh, muskmelons or cantaloupe, we call them, watermelon, eggplant, Brussels sprouts. Let's see, onions are good about to be picked soon. But I do like experimenting with different vegetables. Like I'm really upping the amount of different beans I grow this year, aside from just the green beans. Hmm. Excellent. Um, and a couple of questions we always ask people. Uh, the first one being when, when you're walking around the garden, maybe not doing the videos or and just taking a bit of time for yourself, is there a particular tool or a bit of equipment you always like to have on you? So I actually always carry a pocket knife because there always seems to be a need for that. And when I'm walking around, I also have dropped throughout the garden a bunch of twine or jute, you know, natural fiber. And I'm always just, you know, cutting that and tying things up and keeping, you know, the garden in shape. Yeah, excellent. And you've mentioned uh, your granddad, um, but as far as inspiration is concerned, um, is there a particular book or or maybe another person uh, that that really inspires you to maybe try a new crop or or go to a bigger garden? I think, I mean, I, yeah, he was the biggest inspiration and kind of you know planted the seed, so to speak. And we have. Um, PBS here. I don't know if it gets over to the UK or not, but it's just public broadcasting. And there were always garden shows on there, um, square foot gardening. And it was just, you know, a bunch of people looking happy and planting and doing stuff in the raised beds. And that was kind of the inspiration that kind of kept things going for me. I would watch, you know, garden shows um, before I was, you know, got married and moved to a place where I could garden. And then once I got started, the motivation, I really, I mean, it, it sounds a little bit funny, but it really comes from just interacting with people from around the world. I, I really think, you know, it's amazing with all the politics and all that stuff, and we'll get in the soapbox, but the mm -hmm. regular people are just hanging out, worried about their kids playing soccer, getting into sports. Um, and then we're just talking about gardening from any part. That's one of the, that's why I also like technology is like YouTube lets me contact people, you know, globally. I don't have to rely on the news, but anyway, just people hanging out, different cultures, different languages, you know, enjoying the gardening, eating food, cooking stuff. I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. We got a new prime minister yesterday and, um, it's interesting. I was far more worried about how I'm going to get my my daughter from brownies to a, her next um, kickboxing right. class than I was about a prime minister. Uh, I got to uh, listen to him speak yesterday. Hmm. He's, he's full of energy. Yep. <laughs> so, but well, you also know what you know who we got over here too. So exactly, we're, yeah. we're used to it. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, gardening comes with its. Uh, it's uh, mistakes and, and problems uh, and there isn't anyone who hasn't done it for for a period of time that doesn't have any failures have you had any noticeable uh, failures so I, I kind of accept that just like you were saying as part of gardening um you know sometimes gross failures with uh not staying up on spraying routines so in maryland we primarily get fungal diseases if you go across to the west coast in california they have more insect problems so every garden has its own issue um i've you know gotten things into shape and then i'm like oh you know i'll spray tomorrow or i'll i'll skip it and do it in three days and you know sometimes i've lost complete beds because the powdery mildew or the diseases just we get early blight here it just took over you know and 
And what I've done with this new place is, is really built a calendar and I stick to the spraying routine. So it's making a big difference, but don't get discouraged. I mean, the other thing is if a plant dies, don't spend a lot of time trying to save or fix it, pull it out, plant something else um, and just keep it going. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's the the only downside I found with gardening is that it can be uh, quite demoralizing for people who are new to it when the first thing doesn't work. And uh, sometimes they're quite surprised. I mean, we've we've been professional gardeners for, well, as a family, uh, 70 years. Um, but there isn't a year that goes past that we don't make mistakes or forget to do something like you were saying there. And um, I think it is a shame when people get discouraged um, and they should, yeah, just get straight back on it and, like you say, take it out, put something else in. Well, I, I agree. And, you know, it can be discouraging. And the thing about, like, diseases and insects, if it wrecks or you, your garden or whatever, if you pull it out and you plant again, sometimes the life cycle of these diseases and stuff are gone and the new plants come in and they do really, really well. So I do encourage people to also keep a journal of when these problems show up and what happens. And sometimes you can plant around them or you can plant through them. Um, but it's good to work. Plants want to grow and they want to give back. Um, just keep going. Yeah, definitely. So where do you see the rustic gardener going? Well, we are going to, so the whole goal was to move to two acres so that I could build, you know, my modern homestead and have a place for family, for friends, for grandkids, and it could just be a gathering place. So where are we going to go? Hopefully nowhere. <laughs> we'll be <laughs> here another good 30 years for my life. And I'm going to build this area up to the edible landscape like I was talking about in the beginning. So I'm learning about fruit trees. I even have an almond tree in here now. Lots of raspberry, blackberry cane. So I just want to build up this two acres and just make it a, you know, a just really fun place to be. Hmm. And um, on YouTube, have you got uh, any any plans to retail anything? Any books? Anything in the pipeline? So I do. I have. I have a website. Well, this is the problem. We're working on doing international sales. Um, and, and shipping. But I have a website where we sell seeds and some products that I use. That's the rustedgarden.com. I am talking with uh, somebody about creating a book on modern homesteading, but that won't be out for about a year or two. But the passion really lies with my YouTube channel. Every year I start over too, so people can kind of join anytime. So starting in January, like I was telling you, I start right up with really much a vlog of real time of what I'm doing. And I go all the way through the season through seed starting, planting, tending, harvesting, and then preparing the beds for the next year. So that's really where my passion is. And I also am on Instagram too, under the rusted garden where I'll, you know, put a lot of pictures and stuff in there. But I, I want to stick, you know, where I go, I'd like to get an opportunity to come out and visit uh, England, Australia, and India, and meet up with other gardeners that, that I'm talking with. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, it's been really nice to chat to you and thank you for joining us. Um, you've mentioned uh, most of your either social media or, or channels there. Which is the best one for people to contact you on? Um, you can, everything is attached to the Rusted Garden. So if people want to contact me directly, they can just do the Rusted Garden at gmail.com. That's what is the best way to do it. But you can find me on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. Um, and I, I really answer most of the questions there. And Facebook, I think, I can't remember the group name off, uh, off the top, but there's a, a group called The Rusted Garden, and you can find that too. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you, Gary, for joining us. Really, really kind of you. Um, and yeah, and good luck with everything. And I hope the, the weather doesn't fluctuate too much for you. Yeah, very appreciate it, Alan. Have a great day. Yeah, and you. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Plants and Me podcast. We'll be back soon. If you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.